Get out the insurance cards, get out the co-pays. The office is open, my friends, as this video is brought to you by DrRoto.com. Hey everyone, welcome to DFS Tailgate with Sam and Chris. This is brought to you by DrRoto.com. Get your daily prescription of fantasy sports. Chris, how the hell are you this lovely Saturday? I'm doing fantastic. I got to bed early, woke up early, started putting together my article, had a great breakfast, some Coke with coffee. Just, just a wonderful day. Some How are coke, you doing? Some, wait, some Coke with coffee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, uh, I, I think it's discontinued, but it's super good. It's like a Coke coffee beverage. It's like small, comes like 70 calories. It's, it's fantastic. It tastes like nice. Coca-Cola, kind of a little bit more mellow, but with, uh, you know, a little bit of kind of coffee buzz. So it's, it's super like nice. That. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, so you went to bed early. You got up early. You are sprightly and with it this morning. I was out late. I am on that side of hungover where you're remembering your own name and <laughs> I'm doing okay this Saturday, but I'm excited for football for DFS talks with you. I feel like every time you and I talk DFS, I learn so much more every single time. So I'm excited to unpack this week three with you. Let's go ahead and start off with the Browns versus the Bears this weekend. And I think the talk of the town, the news that all of us are excited about, fantasy owners are excited about, dynasty owners are excited about, and even for DFS, there are so many implications here. It is Justin Fields getting the start this week against this stout Browns defense. Are you excited? Are you slotting him in wherever you can? What are the implications here with his start? Well, I'm actually pretty excited about it. Uh, probably not for the reasons that you think. Um, I, I'm excited about it in the sense that I think there's a lot of people that will be playing him. His ownership's coming in around 10%. It's one of the higher ones on the on the slate. Um, it's been a situation so far this year that we haven't seen any quarterbacks, um, you know, be leaps and bounds ahead of any, you know, the field or other quarterbacks in terms of ownership. Uh, but Justin Fields is kind of up there and it, revolves around the price you know he's he's super cheap 5200 he's got a lot of rushing upside yep and this cleveland defense while we thought coming into the season that they were going to look good just really haven't yeah now all those things said you know who else who hasn't looked good justin fields no justin fields pocket uh presence has looked terrible uh the way that he carries the ball is not so good Mm -hmm. uh, very loose and his accuracy has been uh pretty bad as well now look he, he you know these aren't knocks on him per se he's uh always been projected as a raw talent that's going to need to develop so this is all to be expected and it's a reason that you had andy dalton starting ahead of him yeah. uh, but this is a situation where i see justin fields uh you know turning the ball over two times Cleveland being able to capitalize on that, definitely winning the game. Does Justin Fields get to the kind of the floor that you're looking for at around you know, 15 fantasy points? Maybe if he can rush it in, maybe if he can get that rushing upside. But I'm steering clear of Justin Fields. Um, you know, if you're a subscriber to the site over at drroto.com, I have a low-priced sub-1% fantasy play at quarterback in that same price range that you know you can pivot off to the article will be out in a couple hours so feel free to check it out but i'm off fields okay so there's nothing here in terms of let's see who we can stack with justin fields this is just an avoid completely situation for you um you know if you're going to stack somebody with fields i think the 
the the place that most people are going to go is Allen Robinson, and that's yeah. fine. Um, you know, I think that the fantasy implication of Fields isn't good for Allen Robinson, uh, he, he, even if you think it's an upgrade from Dalton, which I don't think it is at this point in their careers. Um, but Mooney has been very, very uh, consistent in the first two games. Should have had a touchdown from Fields. He just couldn't put it on him. He was wide open in the end zone, mm-hmm. uh, which really hurt me because it was in my best lineup last week. Um, so yeah, I mean, you can put him with one of the two. I, I just, I don't like anything on this offense. I do think Cleveland's defense bounce back. They're at home and, you know, devoid of wide receivers on that Cleveland offense. I think they're going to have to rely on running the ball. Yeah, no, that, that makes so much sense. So I now know exactly what I'm going to do with Justin Fields setting my lineups this week, but let's go to some games that I think are going to give a little bit more fantasy goodness and higher points going forward into week three. Let's talk about the Chargers versus the Chiefs in this one. Chiefs are at home. I feel like this is going to be one of those early shootout games that it's just going to generate so much volume in terms of points for specific players. Is this a matchup that you're targeting? Yeah, I like this game a lot, Um, you know, for a couple different reasons. The first one is that I think most of the attention is going to be paid towards the later shootouts. I mean, almost every game in the late slate seems like it's a shootout. And we'll talk about those later. But I think that creates less attention. People are less likely to play these early games, as can be evidenced by last week. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the, the buzz was you wanted to have slots available for those later games. And it turned out to be correct. There weren't really many early window games last week that kind of popped off. Um, I guess the concern I have from the Chargers front is they haven't really been that team that's conducive to these shootout environments, despite having the pieces that we think that they should be involved in these. Now, a lot of that last week was because uh, out of like the 212 penalties called on Sunday, I think 150 of them were on the the Chargers. It was absolutely disgusting. Um, But I like every piece of this offense in a week that running back is kind of devoid of value in terms that I like. I think Austin Eckler is great at his price. I love Keenan Allen every single week. He's under 7,000. And I like Mike Williams at 5% ownership, half that of Keenan Allen. just doesn't make sense given his role in this offense, what we've seen from him. He's always been a problem for your season-long team because he just can't stay healthy. Does this Is, is he going to get hurt this week? Uh, probably not, but maybe. Who knows? But I still like him at 6,400, getting double-digit targets and being a, uh, an end zone threat. And then on the other side of it, Kansas City. Always a good play. Yes. Fantastic play when you play Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey. You know why? Because it's hard to do. It's yeah. hard to put a good team together. And that's why we saw depressed ownership on that in week one. So mm-hmm. I love both sides of this game. I'm going to be playing it quite a bit. Um, you know, the other game that you're referencing to a lesser extent is that Arizona Jacksonville game. Yeah, for a definitely. lot of different reasons. <laughs> definitely. I, I think this is going to be one where Arizona is going to just come out looking beautiful and shiny, like brand new. And Jacksonville is just going to walk away just tail between their legs, not happy with their outcome, because I'm just not excited with how anything either side of the ball is looking for Jacksonville. Yeah, you know, more concerning, um, and I don't know if you've seen the clip, but there is an audio clip out there that Vic Fangio even references in his uh, press conference where Urban Meyer comes over to him and he's like, man, there's a lot of good players in this league. It's like playing Alabama every single week. And like when you're referencing your old job and your new job and making kind of that kind of correlation, 
I don't know. It just means you're not comfortable. And like, you don't have a, like, yeah, what, what do you mean? Of course, all, all the teams are good. I, I don't know. Oh, I just shit. don't have all the- <laughs> everything. Everything is going to be difficult. Like, yeah, it's, it's the NFL. <laughs> yeah. So I don't have a lot of, I don't have a lot of optimism about Urban Meyer and his continued presence within this league. Um, you know, Arizona should get out to a big lead and Arizona should run away with this game. You know, the defense for the Cardinals is slotted to become or slotted to become is slotted to be the most high, the highest owned defense. They're going to be the highest owned defense. Let's just say it that way. I don't Mm -hmm. know. I tried to make that more difficult and, you know, rightfully so Trevor Lawrence has turned the ball over quite a few times. What I will say in his defense is that he, unlike Fields, has amazing pocket presence and has been able to avoid the pressure, um, I think was only sacked once in each Mm -hmm. of the games. And so, you know, there is a bright, shiny, you know, spot in the future for for Jacksonville. Lawrence has looked decent. His passes have been good. It's just the pieces around him aren't quite there yet, and that's to be expected. If you're going to play somebody from the Jacksonville side, it's got to be Marvin Jones um you know we saw it in the preseason we've seen it with a couple different teams um where these new quarterbacks have come in and have cemented who their favorite wide receiver is whether it's Cooper Cup DJ Moore or Marvin Jones these guys are getting the ball at a much higher clip than their uh colleagues or you know other wide receivers on the team so I like this game. Um, I love Rondell Moore. Called it out last week. A couple other people did. Still like him at 5,000. If you're going to play the Arizona defense, I'm still playing Rondell Moore with them. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. So from this matchup in particular, we can go back to the last one as well. Would you be slotting in the Arizona defense just right off the bat? No questions asked. And then do you like the idea of stacking Rondell Moore and Kyler Murray together and then just throwing Marvin Jones in as well? I think you can do anything above. Um, the only thing that I'm not doing is if I'm going to play the Cardinals defense, and I have another defense that I really do like, we'll talk about. But if I'm playing the Cardinals defense, I'm playing it with Rondell Moore. I think that uh, not doing so is limiting your upside on both of those players. Okay. Just look, whenever you have a wide receiver that is a viable wide receiver uh, in and above anything else, you can play him just on his wide receiving merits. You have a defense that that wide receiver you know plays for the same team that you can play them for their exact same, just same merits. And you can put them together as he's returning kicks. You always have that opportunity for the double dip as unlikely as it is when it happens this year, because it's going to happen. Yeah, look, it's going to be, it's going to be fantastic. And you're going to want to make sure that you have Rondell Moore with the defense and on a week where like, it looks like Hopkins may be limited. I mean, he was, he's questionable. I mean, I expect him to play. Um, but Rondell Moore is just looking fantastic and yeah, I mean, I'm playing him with the defense. You can play with Kyler Murray if you wanted to. Yeah. One other name I wanted to bring up, uh, that danger in the back room wanted to bring up is, uh, Byron Pringle becoming the wider, true wide receiver too. Do you see that happening in this game in particular, just cause it's going to be so high volume? No, I'm not at all. Okay. Sorry, if, 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 it's not happening. I had to ask your question for you, but it said no. He's. I think the back. interesting play that if you're looking for a inexpensive play in that game, some people will look to Guten or Guyton or however you say his name. Guyton. Um, yeah, it's just it's it's a tough one for me. Uh, but uh, Miko Hardman, I think, is is pretty okay. interesting. When on a week when a lot of people are going to be playing KJ Osborne, justifiably so, mm-hmm. you're going to get Hardman at half the ownership. Uh, it would appear that he has a bit of a lower floor, but again, Osborne, we have a two game sample size. So um, they kind of profile to be very similar players. 
Yep, absolutely. Let's move on to one of the questions that a lot of us have as fantasy owners and people that are trying to figure out this is the week where it's make it or break it on a lot of players. We need to see it from everyone. The Buffalo Bills have been underwhelming to say the least of what everyone wants. I mean, personally, I drafted Josh Allen very high in multiple leagues and to say I'm underwhelmed and a little bit sad inside is kind of an understatement. So are we hoping that this week, this matchup against Washington is going to be any better? Is it going to get better now or do we got to wait for next week? I mean, you'd hope so. We, we coming into this year, thought this Washington football team defense was going to be Elite. You know, one of the best. Yeah. Yep. I mean, people were drafting them, Tampa Bay, um, you know, in the 13th, 14th round, it's not a ninth round pick or anything like that, but people were drafting no. them pretty early. Mm-hmm. Um, and they haven't looked fantastic. They haven't looked bad at the same time. They've been getting pressure, but Dan Jones just kind of shredded them. And Josh Allen, I mean, even at his worst is at least Daniel Jones level, right? Oh. Um, <laughs> I'm not, I think at very bare minimum, yes. <laughs> Well, I mean, this season, I would I would argue that Daniel Jones has almost been better than Josh Allen. But, it, you know, is that going to continue over the course of the entire year? Probably not. But, you know, I think Josh Allen can bounce back here. I don't think that when it comes to the Buffalo, you know, running back situation that we're going to see this explosion from Zach Moss and Singletary every single week. And it's hard to pinpoint which one it's going to be if it's or just very well could be both. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think you can confidently play Josh Allen with Stephon Diggs, with Cole Beasley, uh, just based off of kind of what we saw from, you know, Sterling Shepard from Slayton and that Giants team against this Washington football team. On the other side of things, I am concerned um, trying to play Gibson into yep. this Buffalo defense that has been fantastic against the run. It, it, it gives me pause. Um, I, this game overall is not one that I'm going to have any or very much exposure to. Not even a f- you can. I don't even want to call it a flyer on Terry McLaurin, but you wouldn't even try to throw him into a lineup. I think there are better options. I mean, Terry McLaren's like 6,900 and you've got Mm -hmm. Cooper cup at 68. You've got Keenan Allen at 66. Yeah. Terry McLaren's going to be way lower owned, but those, uh, those two other guys are just so drastically underpriced. It's, it's not even funny. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. All right. Let's talk a little bit about Derek Henry, who, I mean, had a monster game last week. Is that even a bad, good enough word to describe what he did last week? (laughs) Uh, it was it was disgusting. I, disgusting? Or yeah. like if you started him, you're just still jubilant and probably still partying from that win. Yeah, I did what Danger does often, and I, I've always accosted him for is, you know, I tinkered with my lineups last minute. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even remember who I put in, but I, I got rid of a lot of my Derrick Henry, especially in my high-stakes <sighs> stuff. Good. And I'm not even sure it really made a difference because there were a lot of holes in my lineups. Um but towards the end, you know, I was, you know, if you faded Derrick Henry last week, you know, those first two quarters, you're like, dude's washed. It's over. <laughs> and then they call back and, and, you know, at this point I was pretty much out of it. So correct me if I'm wrong, but they called back the Julio Jones touchdown. Did they not score on that same drive? Was it Derrick Henry that scored there? I don't remember, but I know Derrick Henry scored a lot. Yes, he and scored often, a lot. And he touched the ball like 41 times, and that score was absolutely ridiculous and certainly rewarded anybody that played him. And, look, he was a great play uh, at 5% ownership. You're not going to get that this week. He's going to be one of the highest-owned guys going against the Colts, who 
have not been very good at stopping the rush. But the only thing that I'm worried about is that if you take out playoff games, sure, mm-hmm. just a different animal. Yep. In his pro career, we've only seen Derrick Henry carry the ball 30 times or more three times. And if wow. you look at the games after that, his average is 10.6 fantasy points. Oof. So you're worried about a big, big fall from the glory here. Yeah, I think the place to go, and I don't think it's going to be a 10-point fantasy output from Derrick Henry, but I want to go to A.J. Brown. Mm-hmm. A.J. Brown has not had uh, the fantasy results that we're looking for in these first two games, but he's had the same kind of targets, same type of market share, same type of air yards. Almost everything's the same as Julio, same price. I think people are going to be inclined to go to Julio based off of last week's performance. People are going to be inclined to go to Derrick Henry, and if you're not going to play Derrick Henry – and the Titans score, who better than, you know, A.J. Brown on your lineup to have that leverage. Absolutely. I love that. I mean, that's kind of the question a lot of owners have with A.J. Brown is he's not putting up the volume really that we were looking for, especially last week. It just looked so bleak. But I definitely feel like it's going to be a get-right game for him going forward. Yeah. I mean, look, this is going to be a game where they should be out ahead so the ownership, if you want to play Derrick Henry at his price, I have no problem with it. Just you need him to you need him to score twice or get a massive amount of yards to get you to the ceiling that you need um, given his price. Yeah. If the Titans get that far ahead and this game is comfortable for them, are they really going to impress all of those carries onto Derrick Henry after he just had this, you know, high mileage game? I would think that they're probably going to save him a little bit and, you know, McNichols gets a little bit of run and, you know, they try and just throw the ball a little bit more if they can get ahead without Carson Wentz there. I just, I think that that's the more likely way that this game plays out. Yeah. Oh, that definitely makes sense. Uh, let's move on to a matchup that I'm excited about. Cause I'm hoping for a get right game for my Steelers. Uh, but we've got a lot of injuries on the horizon. So I know that for myself, I'm moving certain players in and out of my lineup back and forth as I go and check and see who's done practice and gone back and forth. Ben looks like he's going to be starting this week. He is dealing with a pectoral issue, a pectoral injury, but it's not on his throwing side. I feel like I'm not worried about Ben anyways, because he'll play with a broken foot, broken ribs and broken hand and still be fine. So I feel like he's good. But the question is Deontay Johnson and what do we do with a wide receiver that you want to start in this matchup? Well, sure. And in Ben's case, if you have a broken foot hand, I mean, all those things don't stop you from throwing the ball five year, five yards down the field. So um, now granted, look, he did try and take some more deep shots, but they were just wildly off the mark. Uh, they just weren't good balls. And, you know, I know a lot of people give you kind of grief about being a Steelers fan. I, I, I don't know really? what it is. I don't what um, it is either i look great in these uh, colors <laughs> but it's it's just like this this team's on the downswing and, and you know it, it all centers around ben roethlisberger's play but this week do we have some fantasy relevance i think you do um i, I think juju's an interesting play because some of those targets have to go someplace chase claypool obviously impressed last year specifically in the games where i think it was deontay johnson was out yeah um i guess the biggest concern i have is while this you know Cincinnati defense hasn't been fantastic. They've been pretty good and they've been good at creating pressure at mm-hmm. 2100. This Cincinnati defense is one that I really like given the offensive line struggles from Pittsburgh, a divisional game, you know, creating some pressure. And again, 
look, Najee Harris almost, I remember last week I said, we've just never seen him do it at a pro level. Maybe he's not good. Uh, and I, I still don't think that that's the case, but no. we still haven't really seen him do it at a pro level. Um, you know, save that one touchdown pass that kind of bailed everybody out. If you played Najee Harris, I was one of those people that played him. Um, yeah. Me too. <laughs> so, uh, it, I, I don't know. I don't have a lot of interest in this game. Tyler Boyd's coming in as a, one of the highest owned wide receivers with T. Higgins out. Um, but even without TJ Watt, I think that this Pittsburgh defense stands to be still pretty formidable, especially against the terrible offensive line of Cincinnati. Both of these teams don't really have offensive lines. And so I think that's going to you know create some problems. Again, Cincinnati at 2,100. It's just a great play that allows you to fit a lot of other things into your into your lineup, and they're going to get some pressure. And if you can get some pressure, you can force turnovers. Is it a absolutely it's going to happen? No, but you could play the Broncos at like 42, 4,300, and that's not a guarantee either. So that's, that's kind of the way that I'm approaching this game. Joe Mixon, uh, I wrote up some stuff about him. He's going to be pretty popular, and I have some opinions on that, but you have to subscribe to the site and go see the article for that. Way to tease the article, Chris. Always, always pivoting. Love it. Um, so I'm obviously completely disagreeing. I think the Steelers can be just fine. But I do like the price tag there for Cincinnati's defense. I'm not going to ignore that. But I do think that this could be a very good Juju Smith game, good Claypool game. I'm excited for them there. And I'm, I'm hoping that Jamar Chase can break out and get, you know, a couple sneaky runs a couple big catches just because he is he's looking good and i like what he's been doing and i i wrote about him in my hold and like make sure you're not trading this player away because i feel like it's going to be a good consistent effort i like the matchup here for him but i also like him going forward so i think he's going to have a very consistent road as to fantasy success as well yeah and i mean if you think about just back to last week you know rugs was just able to burn that Steelers team but there's not a lot of players that you know have the speed or are able to do that and i don't think joe burrow has the arm to hit chase on that type of play so i think this is a low scoring affair and that's why you know if you're playing somebody from the offense uh the Steelers you, you're looking for the volume and with Deontay Johnson out you know it, it stands to reason that Juju is going to be the guy that has that volume or you could pivot over to Claypool who's been a you know very popular sit or start question in the discord mm-hmm. this week and definitely it's, it, it's start guys you, you start him <laughs> start him if you have Chase Claypool you're starting him uh because yeah I think he's going to have a really good healthy target share let's talk about another game I'm not sure if there's going to be a lot of fantasy implications in this one and that would be the Saints versus the Patriots I mean I always love starting Alvin Kamara normally let Last week, a little bit underwhelming, to say the least. To say the least, just a little underwhelming. Sure. So I'm hoping that maybe this week he'll have better potential. But is are, is this game even one that you're targeting in any lineup? Not really. I'm not super interested on either side of the ball. Uh, I think you can make a case, and I, I did on Wednesday, and I do in the article, that Alvin Kamara is probably going to have his lowest ownership relative to his price, relative to the other guys on this slate. You know, you've got Dalvin Cook. Um, right there, same price almost. You have Derrick Henry right there, same price, both in like plus-plus matchups, both you know projected to be highly owned. Then you got Alvin Kamara in kind of a uh, ho-hum matchup. It's probably not as bad as, as some people might think on its surface, but he certainly has the same capability of hitting a 30, 
even 50 point game that those two other running backs do. And he's going to do it at low ownership. If he does it, this is, it just feels a lot to me like that Derrick Henry situation last week where Mm -hmm. people are overlooking him thinking that, you know, he's dust or the offense isn't good. It's a tough situation. And then he has the opportunity to explode. So I, you know, I I don't want to have a ton of them, um, Mm -hmm. but certainly think that he's a interesting play this week. That's about it though. That's about it in this matchup. I definitely agree with that one. Let's move on to one that I'm hoping he's going to have a little bit more volume than people are expecting. And that would be the Falcons versus the Giants. I mean, Atlanta is looking absolutely just terrible. (laughs) They're just looking at horrible as a team overall. So if you're someone that drafted even Kyle Pitts in the first round, you're probably shaking your head thinking, what was I thinking here? But hopefully in this matchup, it's something that more players can see more volume in. And hopefully... Mike Davis gets in there too. Cause I just feel bad for him in that Cordell Patterson's getting as much usage as he is. Goodness. Did he go off last week in terms of just, he was the guy in and out all over the field. Yeah. I think this game though, is one of those, you know, both of these defenses are really bad and both of the offenses are capable. Um, capable you know, are they, and bad. <laughs> Love it. They're, they're, they're <laughs> somehow they're capable and bad at the same time, yeah. but you know, uh, to to give them some kind of out here, we did see, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in terms of uh, that's who Atlanta played. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the the Eagles defense has looked all right. I think the Bucks defense has looked all right. Um, Certainly not as good as we thought they were going to. And on the other side of things, the, the giants have played the Broncos who have looked really good. And then the football team who have not looked good, but we think that they're good. We, mm-hmm. We're not sure yet. Yeah. So both of these offenses have gone against tough matchups. This game, this will be the easiest one by far. I think we can all agree on this. The, the opposing team defense is bad. So I love this game. The players are cheap. Calvin Ridley, 7K. Matt Ryan's 5,400. Can't tell me Matt Ryan doesn't have three touchdown upside, 300 yards in this game. Uh, Daniel Jones can run the ball, throw. Uh, he's like 5,800, I think. And then, you know, on the other side of it, you've seen Sterling Shepard, who's still only 5,900, um, see massive target share, nine in one game, 10 in the other. He's catching most of those, seeing some end zone kind of targets. Darius Slayton's getting open. Kenny Galladay's yelling on the sidelines. His hip is hurt. Big surprise. If you ever followed Kenny Galladay as a Detroit Lions man, his hip is always hurt. Um, <laughs> I, I think this game becomes even more interesting if he's not there. It's just on, on the basis that you can kind of slot Slayton in there for a, a lot more. Or maybe does having Galladay on the other side of the ball make it easier for Slayton at 4,600? Dude should have had two touchdowns against mm-hmm. uh, the football team. So. I like this game. I like Mike Davis's price. I'm not a big Mike Davis guy, but you get him around 5,000 or less. Um, I would rather play Mike Davis at 5,100 than Clyde's Edward Hilaire at 4,800. You know, Mike Davis just has not been able to get into the end zone. Uh, I don't think Clyde's Edward Hilaire even knows what it looks like. (laughs) I mean, he's been there before. He can't have forgotten what it looks like. Uh, I don't. I actually don't even know if they let him close to it. I, I think he might know what it looks like, but I think they might have like some type of barrier in practice where he's not allowed to go there. And you know, it's like, hey, we're inside the five. Let's throw the ball. Or oh, it's a running play. And he's like, yeah. And they're like, no, no, no. It's the, it's the Hardman or Tyree Kill. <laughs> or hey, let's bring an offensive lineman in and we're gonna let him run. Like, oh my gosh. Just, you don't get to run the ball. 
Is so, Le'Veon Bell available? Can we bring Le'Veon Bell back just to run this ball here? So horribly. Brutal. Where's Jamal Charles when you need him? <laughs> oh my gosh, or Chuck Hendrick West, for that matter. Or Priest um, Holmes, you know. <laughs> Goodness. Well, I like the idea of this one being a sneaky shootout with some players that are at a really great value for what you can get for them to slot them in in lineup. So I do love that. Let's talk about Baltimore and Detroit just because and I don't mean to beat up on Detroit, but their their defense can absolutely be beat in the rushing game. And this would be one that you'd want to start your running backs in. So is this one that you are targeting as well in terms of that position? Yeah, so I mean, I don't mind if you beat up on Detroit as a Detroit fan. It just it, it kind of comes with the territory. It's almost why we feel like we have the liberty to you know make fun of people's teams when they start to to suck because at least they were good at one time. I mean, I think we have you know an Eric Kramer NFC final or NFC championship game. I mean, that was that was the the height of Lion fandom in my lifetime, and I'm I'm nearly forty. Uh, or maybe it was Scott Mitchell and Herman Moore. I, I don't know. That was a good tandem too. But the the problem that I see with this Baltimore running game is that all of the running backs, uh, you know, Tyson Williams is 5,800, but he's going to lose some carries to Latavius Murray, who's 5,300. How do you play either of those guys at that price if you don't know that they're going to get more than 50% of the carries? You've got Lamar Jackson at 7,800, who stands to be possibly one of the highest owned quarterbacks. Uh, so, you know, I don't know. I, I do have two plays in this game that I really like. One is going to be Marquise Brown. A lot yeah. of people, a lot of people hate on him still. And I think it all revolves around last season. Um, you know, the first part of last season, he had the drops. I mean, maybe he needed circles painted on the balls. I, I mean, I don't, maybe that's something they should do. Um, you know, I, I, we, if we can eliminate drops, that's great. But, you know, I, I saw uh, it's it's Theo Ash on, on Twitter um he's also on tiktok and he, he points out something really good about these wide receivers when they're dropping the ball dropping the ball is not a it's not a bad thing mm-hmm. like because it means they were open yeah. right so at least they were targeted it's something that you can fix and it's easier to fix catching the ball than it is necessarily getting the separation and being open mm-hmm. um so to that extent we saw them continue to have the confidence in in brown and He's been producing since December of last year. He has one of the longest active streaks of 12 and a half uh, PPR fantasy points of any wide receiver. Uh, He is the undisputed number one in this offense right now in the passing game, not Sammy Watkins, not Mark Andrews. Um, So I love Marquise Brown and you know, he's who's is, is danger. Is is that who's going to be playing cornerback for the lions? Because I don't know any of these guys' names. I don't even think the Lions know these guys' names. I don't even know if they know that they're going to be playing because I, I like the, the Lions' defense. If you just look at this this practice report, they've got several linebackers who weren't even good in the first place. Oh. You've got uh, you're just down on your defense. Like it's bad. It's bad. It's it's bad. Uh, it was bad to begin with. It's worse now. Oh well. So that's just going to be all kinds of fantasy goodness for the Ravens um, and just um, all kinds of sad days for the Lions tomorrow, huh? Quick point. It was not Rodney Pete. Eric Kramer was the starting quarterback for that team. Go ahead and check it. Danger. <laughs> it was Eric Kramer. Check your um, receipts. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but on the line side, that's yeah. where the other play is. I mean, Quentin Cephas, uh, you, you can arguably play him at 3,900 if you wanted to be a little bit different from Cole Hardman, if you wanted to be a little bit different from KJ Osborne, you know, they're going to be playing catch up. He had a huge role against Green Bay, but the other guy that's wildly underpriced still is TJ Hawkinson. 
How is he still underpriced? That entire offense goes through him. He's 5,200. He's had 19 targets. Guys that have had 19 targets also in the league are guys like Cooper Cup at 6,800. Guys like Keenan Allen at 66. Guys like Terry McLaren at 69. Justin Jefferson, 72. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, 73, 74. So you're telling me I can get all of these targets for 5,200? Absolutely. Yeah, no, I... I love TJ Hawkinson. I loved him in the offseason. I feel like, you know, he is such a security blanket type of player for Jared Goff, who is just looking for for someone of his size, stature, and dynamic to be able to finish the plays out for him and to save him when he gets under pressure, which is quite often. And he does that deer in the headlights look that we all have come to know. Yeah, he's my favorite play by far on the slate. So I'm going to have a ton of them. Love it. All right, let's talk about the next matchup then and Jacoby Brissett versus Derek Carr of the Dolphins versus the Raiders. Um, Is this a matchup that you're looking at at all? Because personally, there is not a Dolphin player that I'd be willing to start this week. I mean, we do got Will Fuller coming back, right? So, I mean, you're telling me Will Mm. Fuller can't beat anybody? Um, (laughs) Is it Will Fuller week? Look, I don't know. Um, This line seems really weird to me. It was like a four, four and a half. I think it's moved to three and a half right now. it's just strange. Like they're in Vegas. This is not necessarily a Miami team that has been able to, to keep up with anybody um, yeah. that they've played and Vegas has looked, they've looked all right. I mean, they look good offensively. Derek Carr is going to be at probably his lowest ownership until after he blows up this week again. Um, you can go back and watch any of my stuff from last year in the middle of the year. Uh, from about like week five, I was like, look, Derek Carr, 5,500, guy can do it. And you can see the weeks that I played him because if you go through the game logs, there's a couple where he scored sub 10 points. Mm-hmm. Those are the weeks I played him a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, but I like him here. I like Rugs. I like Waller. I like every one of them. I think that I'm just most surprised at the full volume that Derek Carr has had this year. I mean, he had over 400 yards in week one against Baltimore and then against Pittsburgh, he had over 380 yards as well, really getting right on the cusp of that 400 again. And Miami uh, is just a team that I feel like can absolutely be beat. So is this another over 350-yard game for Derek Carr? I think it is. I think it's uh, a lot like a game we'll talk about in a little bit where they just don't have a rushing attack with Josh Jacobs out, you know, relying on Kenyon Drake. Mm -hmm. You're relying on Peyton Barber. (laughs) Like probably not, not at this point in their careers. Definitely not. I don't mean to laugh when someone says Peyton Barber either, but it's just like, that's kind of how bleak some situations are going to be in fantasy this week for some people dealing with multiple injuries. I know for me, I have Josh Jacobs and I'm just so sad that he's probably not going to get the start this week. Doubtful, just not looking like he's trending in the direction we want him to be in. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I like Vegas. I think this is kind of, a line that I'm going to attack. Maybe not DFS as much as I will in other places. Definitely. All right, let's move on to the next matchup and not, uh, not to pivot and say another team that we can beat up on is the jets, but we love, and I personally love Teddy Bridgewater against the jets this week. I think this is a great matchup for him. Yeah. That whole offense has looked good. Um, you know, I think Denver's way better than people give them credit for. I think Teddy Bridgewater's way better than people give him credit for. And, and and part of it is, you know, Teddy's own doing. Going into last year, I scolded both Danger and Mark for even mentioning that Teddy Bridgewater can't throw a deep ball. It's just like Derek Carr, he doesn't like to for whatever reason. Maybe his receivers weren't open. I, 
I don't know, but this year he's kind of let it rip and the guys have been open and they've, they've been scoring. Like I love Teddy Bridgewater. Um, It's just, I I mean, how many points do they need to put up here? I think Javante Williams, if you're looking at a cheap running back at Mm -hmm. 4,900, you're trying to get away from CEH, you're trying to get away from some of those other guys that aren't as comfortable, like the James Whites and stuff like that. This this might be the week that he kind of blows up. So this, this is the week that Melvin Gordon, dusty Melvin Gordon is left in the dust. Um, But I don't actually hate playing Melvin Gordon in this game too. The jets are terrible. Zach Wilson's not good. Um, These rookie quarterbacks just, it's going to be some time before they're good. Okay. Well, I, I feel a little bit redeemed that you mentioned that Melvin Gordon isn't going to be terrible this week as I have to slot him in considering I don't have Josh Jacobs in one league. And so I'm just hoping that the jets are just going to allow him to walk all over that field and get me a couple touchdowns. Yeah. Like, I mean, sometimes that's just the way you drafted in seasonal, like, you know, you're maybe you have Christian McCaffrey. Maybe you have, gosh, there, there were a couple people that just kind of ruined some of my low running back uh drafts and uh you know it is what it is what are you gonna do what are you gonna do try again next year you know it's the fantasy love that's why you have that's why you have dfs you don't have to worry about this that's why yeah you know i just need to be doing more dfs so that it's just when you have 90 percent christian mccaffrey in a showdown slate and and, you know he goes down in the first quarter and uh cm donald doesn't know that he has other wide receivers aside from dj Moore. (laughs) (laughs) i mean let's just throw it to dj Moore every play Oh my gosh! Which didn't he also leave a little bit dinged up in that one too? Yeah, he sure did. Brutal. They won, but what cost? You know, at what cost? This is we've lost too much. All right, let's talk about what was probably going to be game of the week. One that I'm actually hoping to end up landing at. I'm fingers crossed. I might end up going to this game, but the Bucks versus the Rams this week. I'm so excited to see Brady go up against this Rams defense, but just to see if we can slow him down. But I don't even think that Aaron Donald can really slow him down at this point. He is just on a rip. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Um... This is another one of those teams where the quarterback is, uh, I mean, like Tom Brady just looks like circa 2007 when they um, almost ran the entire table with Randy Moss, just throwing it everywhere. They're not running the ball because they can't, they don't have running backs. Um, Well, I mean, Ronald Jones is a good running back. They just don't trust him for whatever reason. Maybe he's not good. I I mean, I don't know, but we know Leonard Fournette is not good, uh, but he is getting the volume. So Tom Brady's throwing the ball. Uh, Antonio Brown, I think is going to miss the game. He's definitely looking like he's going to miss the game because I don't know that he's actually traveled with the team. We're going to find that out today. Okay. Yeah. I mean, look, Chris Godwin, great matchup. Mike Evans, great matchup. Right now, you know, there is a heavy ownership lean one way or the other. I've got a whole opinion and piece on my or piece about it in my article. Um, so we'll just kind of leave it at that because I don't want to give too much away here. Um, I, I already talked about that Cooper Cup is way, way, way too cheap. He is going to be highly owned too. This whole game is going to be highly owned. I don't think it's a problem with Cooper Cup. Uh, I, you know, I tried to find some edible chalk so I could show you that I would eat the chalk. And this is this is a spot where I'm going to eat the chalk with Cooper Cup, just like Sam Darnold to DJ Moore. Uh, just like Marvin Jones and Trevor Lawrence, Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup, uh, I think they eat breakfast together or something like that. I don't know. Uh, but he, do I mean, slumber parties the before the game. Him. Yeah, <laughs> possibly. So I, I like going back to him. I know a lot of people are going to go to Robert Woods. Don't see a problem with it. Um, I'm not a big fan of Higby. I just don't think that uh, – I don't think over his career – Matthew Stafford has employed his tight end. And granted, I mean, it's been Eric Ebron. It's been, mm-hmm. you know, other random guys nearly as much as people want. Uh, Tyler Higby is just not who people want him to be. 
I want. I mean, he's, to be he's so a terrible person, first and foremost. <laughs> but I mean, like, um, I don't think he's that good as a, a tight end. He's going to have one or two games where he pops off. I just don't know if it's going to be this game. Um, this could be the game of the week, but it could fail, just like the Chargers uh, Chargers Dallas game last week. So you know, mm. don't be surprised if this is low scoring. But both of these defenses have not been good at stopping the pass. Um, both of these defenses have been decent at the run, uh, at least stopping it. But you know they haven't been the defenses that we thought coming into the year, um, let alone the the top defense or a defense that's worth a ninth round draft pick. Gotcha. So are you not going to be throwing any, any Darrell Henderson into any lineup? You're not going to be throwing any Leonard Fournette anywhere. You're just kind of avoiding the rushing game in this one. Yeah. I'm going to play the receivers. That's it. Gotcha. Maybe, maybe a tight end. Maybe. And, but it wouldn't be Tyler Higby. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next matchup um, with Russell Wilson playing against Kirk Cousins this week. Uh, is there any going to be any defense at all played in this one? Like, is this just going to be all high volume or what? Yeah, I mean, this is another one of those games where it's, I don't know. It, this Vikings defense has been atrocious. Seattle looked all right until like the second half last week. And I think a lot of people are moving over towards Dalvin Cook, but um, there's just so many pieces on this Vikings team that you need to feed. And Dalvin Cook's just never been that ultra super high volume guy like a Derrick Henry that explodes for 40 points. It's happened, but it's happened through multiple touchdown games. And if he's getting multiple touchdowns, I mean, the rest of the team is not. And I, I just, I don't know, this feels, this, this feels like a Justin Jefferson week. Mm-hmm. I just don't think he's exploded yet. And I think he needs to. Um, I think KJ Osborne's still a good play, but I, I like Justin Jefferson. This is that's yeah. the guy I want to play in this game. On the other side of things, a lot of people are looking at DK Metcalf. A lot of people are looking at Tyler Lockett, and or they're not actually. That's the problem is that they're not looking at both of those guys. I misspoke there. This this game is the other sneaky one. Aside from some of the early ones, I don't think it's going to get as much attention as it should. And I like stacking kind of like Russ with Lockett, Jefferson, mm-hmm. and just doing a small kind of game stack that way. Okay. I like that. And I mean, Dalvin Cook is listed as questionable. He is dealing with an ankle injury. I think he's still going to start, but I don't really want to start a wounded Dalvin Cook in this one. Yeah. I think Zimmer came out and said like, he's a tough guy. We're going to run him and he's going to play. And it's just, just basically rub some dirt on and deal with it. Yeah. Tape it up. He'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, this, this is why you never do anything in the playoffs. Zimmer, you just run your players into to the ground. Right. Um, <laughs> I think all parts of this this game, whether you want to play Metcalf or Lockett, neither of them have high enough ownership over the other one that you you know you need to go one over the other. You can play Thielen, you can play Osborne, you can play Cook, but I do just have those reservations about Cook for everything that I talked about, for everything that you mentioned, and you know I I, I can see him going off, but maybe for like twenty four, I just don't think he gets that ultra high ceiling game that you're kind of looking for from a guy at that score. Okay. All right. Well, where can people find this article that you've been dropping hints about all throughout the episode that they can look into for additional info regarding everyone's lineup this week? Sure. You can go over to drroto.com. We've got cheat sheets, rankings, uh, lineup generator. Um, And then we also have a discord as well as different podcasts, different articles, um, some of which are premium, some are free. So you can go check out some of the free stuff, but, you know, join up, become a member and, you know, you can get in and get some start stit advice from Dr. Roto himself on Sunday mornings and then hop into the DFS chat where we're going to go through the last kind of aspects of the Sunday projections with ownership, start sit, all that good stuff. So uh, check us out over there. 
Sounds great. And thank you so much for taking the time with me on Saturday to give me the best possible lineups that I'm going to be setting. I'll be sending screenshots to you and asking you, did I do it right? Which will be super fun. So looking forward to setting all of those. But thanks everyone for listening to the DFS tailgate with Sam and Chris. Check out all of our other content seasonal and DFS tools, as well as premium access to our staff for all your fantasy sports questions and the members only discord right here at drroto.com. Have a great one, guys. Thanks for stopping by the office. Get your fantasy prescription by subscribing to the channel and checking out drrodo.com. And until the next visit, be well and take care.